of Faye answered questions this week. First of all, Merry Christmas. I know Christmas was yesterday, but um, also Happy New Year. Uh, but this week I'm with my parents, Mom and Dad. Hello. G'day. And my sister, Felicity. Hello. All right, and we have two questions this week. Uh, the first question being, uh, what do you wish that you we would have been taught in school, uh, life skills-wise? And the second question is uh, the conversation, sorry, the art of conversation. And Get it right. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not good at it yet. <laughs> but uh, so let's just go around the room here. Felicity, what do you wish that you would have been taught in school? Checkbook balancing and actual how to, when's the best time to apply for a credit card instead of just randomly applying when you're in college. I taught you how to balance checkbooks. I know, but there needs to be a Apple course. Class. Well, I mean, that being said, everything's online now, so I think balancing your checkbooks... You still have to be able to balance it because some companies and some businesses do not run that the same day. as It's called a POS, a point of sale. Some of them only batch that... Yeah, that's not what a POS is. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Um... <laughs> Point of sale, some will batch it like a gas station or Walmart. They're batching it consistently all the time, where some of the smaller businesses may only batch once or twice a day. And when I say batching, that means they take all of the credit. When you run your card, it doesn't matter if it's credit or debit. They won't run that through their system except for maybe like noon and 5 o'clock or 7 o'clock when they close. So there's a lag time. And if you're looking online, you're going to be going, oh, I'm fine, I've got all that, unless you are keeping track and know what you've spent. So balancing a checkbook, whether it's called a checkbook or balancing your account, is very important so you don't end up paying tons of fees. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Dad, I know your education wasn't the same as public high school here in America, so... No, we actually got one. Ah! <laughs> we... I think it was different, particularly when I grew up, because we had shop class. Like, we we had mechanic class. We had cooking classes. We, we learnt all of those things through our schooling. Uh, not so much the checkbook stuff, although we did cover a little bit of that. So, it's just, like... Different, and then I, of course I went to a agricultural high military high school, so I got taught again a whole bunch of other life skills. Yeah. On and it was a I think it was a different time in a different country, and so a lot of the stuff that you guys aren't getting taught here, I got. Right. We had shop in junior high and high school. We had home ec, but as I was hitting high school, they were changing it, the name of home ec to something else, but it was more towards those. It was still what I would call a 50s type of thing where it was like, oh, this is what you do to cook a meal for your husband. It was more along those lines instead of, I think it needs to be more along the lines of, okay, you're going to be out on your own. You need to know how to boil an egg and have a hard-boiled egg. Now, the reason behind this is there's a family story to this. (laughs) 
Uh, growing up, I had an older sister. We grew up on a farm. I took care of a lot of the stuff that was in the house. There's a whole reason behind all of that. Um, I just did a lot of things because I liked to be busy, but she was out on the farm doing the tractor, the hay, the different stuff. She went off to college, still really didn't know how to do stuff. I had to make her a how-to-do laundry book with pictures so she would know how to do her laundry because she never had to do that. Fast forward through college, off to her first job, met her future husband, was having him come over to the house for Sunday lunch, and she calls my parents and says, leaves a message on the answering machine. This was back in the day when there was answering machines. Hey, Mom, how do you get the eggs hard for tuna salad? She did not know it was called a hard-boiled egg, did not know how to do it. No. When this was told to me, <laughs> I asked my father, I said, well, did you tell her to go put it in the freezer just to see what would happen? I mean, that's what I would have done just to be mean. But she had actually figured it out. And you have to remember, this was before Google, where you could just Google that. But it's basic things like that that need to be taught in a home ec class. How to do laundry. So many kids do not know how to do laundry. How to use an iron. I mean, do you guys know how to iron your clothes? Or you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but were these, were, was home ec and shop, were those mandatory classes that you had to take? Yes. At some point during your junior high, high school, you had to take something like that. Okay. For me, all of those classes were optional. Um, you know, they could or couldn't take them, and you had to slot them into if you had a free elective class or not. Uh, and I know us growing up, all three of us did band, and that took up all of our elective time that we had. So I didn't... I didn't have time to take shop class or or any other home ec or anything, which I kind of wish that I did. Well, I had a free period to take home ec, but I used choir instead because a few of my friends had taken the home ec class, and I, you guys taught us to cook better than what they were teaching in the home ec class. It wasn't a great program, and I was like, I'd rather take choir. Well, the home ec teacher and I didn't get along either. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. When you guys were growing up, we were renovating houses. We we taught you to cook. We taught you to do laundry. We taught you to iron. Uh, we gave you those skill sets, which a, a lot of your peers do not have. I am amazed, you know, with the younger generation that I'm around through work at how they don't know just to do the basics. Yeah. Like even... You almost have to tell them how to tie their shoes. <laughs> they're, they've just got... And no common sense either is another thing that I see a lot of. They have no common sense at all. Do they even know how to go about getting their own place, setting up the electricity, the water, the power? No. no. Okay. That should be a class. As sad as that is, that should be a class. I, I think they... I have heard in the past from younger generations that I've worked with in my jobs and stuff, they are like, I wish we would have been taught this. Why can't we have a real life math class that you would use, like stuff, math that you're going to use in everyday life, not taxes. <laughs> yeah. Like taxes. What are they? How do you do them? Why is it so important? 
like stuff like that. There was one place, I cannot remember where it was, but they were starting to do Saturday classes. They offered it for high school students and they were willingly giving up a Saturday to come back to the school and learn how to do basic car maintenance, how to check their air pressure in the car, how to change their oil, how to change a tire and where your spare tire is on your car, how to do basic simple stuff that we as a family taught you guys and, and you guys were involved in those activities and knew and know how to do it, where we take that for granted, that is something that is not taught and these students were giving up a Saturday. So to me, that tells me as a high school student, giving up a Saturday, willingly getting up early on a Saturday to spend their Saturday learning this stuff, the schools need to take notice of that and provide that. Yeah, the funny thing is we had a guy at my work, he's 27, 28, got a flat on his truck or whatever, didn't know how to change his tire. Had never done it before. And that happened like right before I got there. <laughs> it was so funny because uh, he got he got made fun of by everyone. Everyone that he told, he got made fun of for that. He's like, oh, well, I didn't know. Like nobody ever taught me how to. I was like, well, that's one of the easiest things to do, really. I think that it'd be uh, for life lessons and and learning practical stuff it'd probably make a really good podcast and someone ought to do that oh wait <laughs> we are <laughs> yeah it's a little hard to show you how to change a tire on an audio medium but <laughs> we'd have to edit out most of it yeah well if you're involved yes um, but there's a, there's a good creative words yeah there's a good youtube channel which I don't know if that got started recently or not, but it's called How To Dad. And this guy goes through and he's got, you know, a whole channel devoted on, like, stuff your dad should teach you, like, I don't know, like, how to shave and how to do car maintenance and that kind of thing. Check him out if, if you're interested in that. Not a paid promotion. Not a paid promotion, just a fan. But, <laughs> you know, if How To Dad wants to pay us, we'll be more than happy to promote. <laughs> I, th I think, you know, you, you have to be able to step out into the world at 18 when you're going off to college or or continuing education or just into the real world in a job you have to know how to do some very simple basic adulting things how do you get your like your utilities hooked up how do you rent an apartment how do you take care of a speeding ticket, a parking ticket, how do you take care of an accident? What happens when you have an accident? Josh had this happen while we happened to be on vacation out of the country and of course he called and left a message and it was just one of those things but you know what? He took a deep breath and figured it out. I was not at fault. I got rear-ended. I just want that on record. <laughs> But you, you kind of had a basic idea of what to do. Yeah, pull over into the nearest parking lot and then exchange information or whatever. But in my case, like, the damage wasn't bad enough on either vehicle to, like, get anybody involved in it. Like, he, because he hit me at such a low speed, that he just crumpled his fender a little bit. And then the rear bumper on my car just bent in just a little bit. So that was it. It was more a surprise than anything. 
Yeah. Well, Felicity's had rear-ended accidents where people have rear-ended her and pushed her into somebody else. And one. I have had one accident. <laughs> and and it was not my fault. Well, cops were involved because they had to call the cops, but you learned how to deal with it. You called us a little upset and a little stressed, but you knew what to do, right? Yes. Say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Admit to nothing. Exchange information and immediately call your insurance provider. Uh, I guess that brings us to the next question that we have, which is more of a topic instead of a question, but uh, the art of conversations, so how to carry on a conversation, um, how not to let it die kind of thing. Conversation beyond small talk is what I'm thinking. Like, okay, well, you suggested the topic, Mom, so why don't you... <laughs> I have found in my... I work in a construction industry, the home building industry, it's very much the conversations I have with people are very much to the point. They're very much the construction speak, if you will, those terms all the way through. It's not a conversation. It's very cut and dry. Here's this. There you go. And that parlays into most people's everyday life. If you are at a function or a party, there's a little bit of small talk that people do. And they tend to gather in people that they're comfortable with. But you don't hear them have lengthy conversations like they had back in the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s where there wasn't any of this modern technology that we have. People were not glued to their phones. There was actually exchange of ideas without dismissing the person because their idea was different than yours. There was an openness to hear somebody's opinion, be willing to learn from that opinion, and do, when I say research, they would actually do books, and they would go to symposiums and listen to people speak about topics where here they do have lectures, but they're not like school lectures and stuff, but not like what they used to have back in the, the day. Yeah, well... <laughs> We live now in a day and age where we don't have to go listen to someone lecture at us for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour about a topic that is mildly interesting or boring at the worst. But they would go because they wanted to learn. It wasn't for a school project. It wasn't for anything like that. It was because they wanted to learn. They wanted to exchange ideas. So, therefore, they had a reason to be there. They read books and could exchange talk and exchange ideas on that you would hear conversations that would last for hours now we don't have that it's so very cut and dry that you're not having that connection getting to know somebody better about the way they think because so many people have become keyboard warriors where they listen to a podcast or they listen to somebody and then they just immediately put out what they think in a very negative manner they don't like what you say, so they just attack it, but they will not say it to your face. They'll be pleasant to your face, but will just cut you up on the keyboard, and it's that's not conversation. That's not productive. I think the thing nowadays is, like, everything on your phone is personalized to you, that sort of thing, so it, whatever you are interested in, it just shows you more of the same thing, and so you you end up in uh, pretty much an echo chamber 
or whatever opinion you have is going to be, you know, repeated back to you a thousand times. And then you think, oh, this is, you know, the internet. Everybody agrees, either agrees with me or doesn't. And so it just becomes, you know, very much one side against the other and polarizing. And that's the way that people, I guess, have started to see the world and stuff. So they're not willing to have those conversations with people or learn from them. How do you start a conversation? There is any small talk. Thank God we all have the weather. <laughs> but if you were in a situation, how would you start a conversation? I have, with uh, my job, I have to meet a lot of new people very often. And it's generally the same. It's, hi, how are you today? And from there, I'm thankful that my job includes a list of their hobbies and their likes and how to get the conversation going. Because I am very socially awkward. I do not make a good conversation list. I will sit in the corner and read and crochet. And I will like actively engage with you if you talk to me. But as for starting the conversation, you have no hope. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be awkward staring all around. So it's generally, I go in there and I'm pre-armed with a list of questions. It's like, hi, how are you? I heard you like this. Tell me about it. And if I can get them talking, we can go from there. So how do you, you get somebody talking and engaging? How do you keep that conversation going? Generally, oh, tell me more. That's great. Just, I am not great conversation piece unless you're my friend for years and you're aware I'm an awkward social anxiety mess. Which is great for a podcast, by the way. <laughs> oh, just awesome. I'm either silent or I babble endlessly. <laughs> Open-ended questions are a great way to get a conversation started and to keep a conversation going. Part of being a good conversationalist is you have to actively listen to what people in that conversation are saying and be willing to ask questions and go, oh, wait, hang on a second. Can you go back to that? I have a question about what you said. Do you mind expanding on that? Yeah, and I guess I should mention that one of my previous jobs that I had, I had to give tours of the university, uh, specifically the engineering department. And I don't know if you've people out there have talked a lot to engineering majors in college, but they're some of the most socially awkward motherfuckers <laughs> in the world. So what you said on those open-ended questions, that's what we were trained to, you know, ask during the tours, don't give them a chance just to say yes or no, because they will take that opportunity to just say yes or no. Uh, I find you can ask an open-ended question of uh, people in the modern generation, and they still answer yes or no. <laughs> they're, they've not been taught how to converse. They're used to everything being done for them. So when you try and engage with most of them, they're lost. Yeah, I, and I, I distinctly remember one family that I had that came in for a tour and like I would ask them a question and I would get yes or no and like they just expected me to talk for an hour and a half at them, not with them. And anytime I looked up, it was like a fucking family of vampires just <laughs> turned and just dead staring at me, just giving me nothing in return. So I was like, so what are your hobbies? Great, we've got a club for that here at the, U uh, at the university, you know. Um, and it, it was the worst tour experience that I had in there, um, which is 
honestly not that bad compared to some of the other tours that my uh, co-workers gave as far as the families go that came in. But I think it's very important. Uh, the people I, younger generation I work with, a lot of them are so into Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff, that that's where their conversation starts. Oh, did you see what I posted? Oh, I saw what you posted. Well, then there's those of us that I have a rule, a very, very strong rule of, if I work with you, you're not on my social media. Because if you have something happening in your life, you can come and tell me about it and talk to me about it. Be, I don't need you seeing my personal life just because I work with you and spend eight hours a day with you does not mean I want you in my private life. For me, it's a very distinct two parts of my life. I have my work life and then I have the rest of my life, which is my private personal life. And I don't like to mix the two because I've seen too many issues happen with people that just kind of crossed that boundary and lost their job. It's like, oh no. Um, but I have found that if you're not engaging in social media with them, they do not know how to talk to you. And they're like, oh yeah, I've posted it on this one. And I'm like, okay, let me reiterate. If you want me to know this or want to have a conversation or be excited for you because you have a new dog, a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend, you got engaged, you're going to have to tell me because I'm not hunting you down on social media. That's the weird thing. Like, I never like go out of my way to start conversations with people and I'll never just be like, Hey, got a new, you know, girlfriend or whatever. Like fucking, if somebody just came up and ambushed me with that, I might just walk away. <laughs> be like fucking cool. See ya. <laughs> but, Weirdo. <laughs> but these are people you work, I work with and I see, or talk to on a daily basis, but the start of their conversations are literally, hey, I saw what you posted last night. I'm thinking you just saw them six hours ago. What the hell? You know, why Why can't you just, I don't know. Obviously, I'm a different generation, but. Looking down on the younger generation, but you'll be left behind. <laughs> and you don't know how to do anything on the internet or turn on anything. Oh, I know how to do that. I'll get a phone call. Like, hey, how did you set up that? I shared it in a Google Doc. I don't want to open the Google Doc, Doesn't which is a conversation that we had recently. I will point out. Shut up. Die. <laughs> I just think that perhaps what we fail, while the internet is a good resource and, and uh, social media can be helpful, I think think that we are being pushed in a direction somewhere that is socially engineered. Uh, playing off what you said, Josh, about, you know, you get on the internet and then everything that comes back at you is, you know, the... Um, personalized. Yeah, it's all been personalized to what you like and what you want to look at and that kind of stuff. That's a, They're engineering everything to you so that, oh, well, all you're going to see is everything you agree with. Not necessarily healthy. Uh, and I think what people have failed to see is that if you divide, <laughs> if you divide everybody, they're easier to conquer. Yeah. And so now we're getting, you know, all these other things coming at us like 
this great reset that they're talking about, which we've touched on before, you know, people are just going to swallow that because they're not going to know what it is. They're not going to understand the ramifications of it. Oh, yeah, they're only going to see the side that right. they want to see. Or they, will feed, they will feed the side. I mean, look at the last general election in this country where there was just blacked out by social media wouldn't allow any of the truth to come out. They just blacked it out. And the media's been doing it for years. Like, we're still not seeing anything in the mainstream media much about Hunter Biden. But that, so you're being engineered towards a specific goal. And if you don't engage with people face-to-face and in conversation, you will be pushed in a direction that you may not necessarily want to go, but you won't understand what you're getting into, which is the same as what communism did in Russia. They just blacked it. They took over the media, blacked it out. You get fed. China's the same way. You get fed what, you, what they want you to hear. Mm. There is no outside sources. It happened in Germany in the... Uh, 30s that was the lead up to Hitler and World War Two. they just blacked everything out they forced that pushed that you know, people to follow you know and it's happening here and people because they can't get out of their bubble they get pushed in a certain direction so the art of conversation yeah talking to people and knowing how to interact with people and how to have an idea and not be beat down for it because it's against the grain and, and have people listen to what you've got, I think it, it is an important skill to have. Like, I've got numerous friends around the world, and a lot of those friends that I have have ideas that I do not like. Right. For instance, I have a very, very good friend that is into universal income. Thinks it's a great idea. Everyone should get paid a universal income. I think it's one of the worst ideas that they've ever come up with. Yeah, I don't know how that one started. But he's still my friend. Like, I I don't throw him aside because he thinks universal income is a good idea. I will listen to him when he talks about it and tries Mm -hmm. to convince me of what a great idea it is. And then I'll call him a moron (laughs) and we'll go have a beat. You know, that's that's the way it goes, you know. Well, I have friends that when we hang out, we have had to blacklist certain conversations. We are not allowed when we hang out to discuss certain things because we can't have a healthy discussion about it because they'll say their idea, their idea, and I'll take a breath and I'll go, okay, that's an interesting point of view, but this is why I don't like it. And I don't get to say anything because they will immediately just jump up, red face, screaming, their opinion's always right. And I don't get to say my side of the argument of why that is a terrible idea. So some friends, I'm still friends with them. We have fun when we hang out. We just can't have any in-depth actual discussions about anything of any major importance going on in the world. They've turned from a really good friend into a party friend because we cannot have healthy discussions about anything. And, and, that, and that is a true indication of what... I was trying to get at at the art of conversation and being able to exchange ideas. And we've lived in a lot of different places and we lived in other country. One of the places we lived was in the Northwest and it was very evident there. You could have a different opinion. You could sit down at the local burger shop, have your burger, 
have a discussion with these people and back and forth and they would listen to what you were saying. We would listen to what they were saying. Probably were never going to agree with them, but at the end of it, all right, mate, thanks for a great lunch, you know, great talking to you. They would still say hello to you in the street. They would still, you know, we had conversations. They didn't care that we had a difference of opinion. Now, we from there moved to the... All on quick aside, how good were those burgers, though, at that breakfast place? <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking awesome. <laughs> they, they were, were great burgers. Oh. Yeah. So we moved from that environment to the southeast. I'll name it North Carolina. You guys fucking suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. We went there and it was a very much a culture shock for all of us that if you did not agree with what they were saying, they hated you and wanted to kill you because you did not agree with them. And by kill, we mean literally. Yeah. They... They would not take the time to listen to what you were saying. There was no conversation. It was closed-minded. It was an environment that was not healthy for any type of discussion, growth mentally, or anything like that. And it was... Um, it was the most inbred town. It was both a... physically and fucking mentally, intellectually, it, it I've was ever a, seen. It was a hard... Not even two years. It was very tough. I mean, when you know, people were proud of not ever leaving the county, you know you're in a problem place. Yeah. It's great to have your summer taken over by your parents teaching you this is how you take a gun away from somebody. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a great childhood development right there. Well, yeah, make sure you carry a knife when you walk the dog, kids. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um... <laughs> But there, there's the two differences right there. You had, and it's still in this country, you had one place that was willing to listen and exchange ideas and get to know the person for who they were and still enjoy a conversation, a good debate, versus in the same country, people who do not care for anybody that doesn't have the same opinion of them of anybody else, and it reminds me of something your father always says. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Good. That's a good saying. Always come up with a good saying. You need about six or seven originals. So you have a choice when it comes to the gravestone later in life as to what you're <laughs> there. What you're known for. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a bloody big gravestone because I've got seven now. I want them all put on there. <laughs> put on there. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll find somewhere to bury you in the woods with this nice flat rock face. <laughs> just carve it in the chisel, side of a mountain. Chisel that shit in there. There's uh, not going to be No, you're not going to chisel. There's no way you'll waste the energy. You'll take a stencil and a can of spray paint. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've this, used dynamite. Listen. I've used a laser cutter before. I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can get it to do it in the water to stay there, it's not going to matter because it's going to be shark bait. Hoo-ha-ha. Uh, ha right. Spell it out in coral. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, I think that brings us to the end of our conversation today. 
so thanks very much for listening. Some housekeeping things right at the end. I think we're only going to do a couple more episodes and call it a season. We will be back at some point. The podcast may change between seasons, but please stick around. Send in questions. Please we want to hear questions. from you. Questions, comments, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff that I'm supposed to know and care about since I'm the youngest one. But <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, thanks for listening. I've been Josh. I'm Mom. Enjoy your holidays. Happy holidays. I'm Dad, the greatest. I'm Felicity, and I'm going to say it. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye. Bye.